homes, in your living homes, and wherever you're at, give the Lord a shout of praise right now, just because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Awesome. Great job, worship team. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Our media and tech team, thank you. Wow, what, a, what an amazing time that we're living in. What an amazing day. And I just want to talk to you this morning about a few things. But I also have a couple thoughts that the Lord uh, gave me re just regarding kind of the virus. And I want to tell you one thing, too, before we, before we move on. If you are watching live online, thank you. We appreciate that. Our numbers are, are going through the roof as far as watching goes. If the internet crashes, I want you to know uh, that we are recording as well so that you could tune in after the fact and watch it on demand. Or if you say, hey, that word was just for somebody I know or that worship was amazing and I just need to get into some worship this week, you can rewatch it uh, tonight or as the week goes on. We had a, a person that was telling me earlier uh, they had watched a repost of the devotion that uh, I did earlier uh, this week, and it really blessed uh, someone. They posted it, and it blessed someone. That was a word that they needed, and so I think we can take things that we do on social media, and we can uh, we can play them again. We can forward them to friends. And uh, the worship just touched me today. There's nobody in the auditorium. I'm just over on the side just praising God for all I'm worth. I, it just is amazing. You know, you can worship God in your car. You can worship God in your home. We have uh, just a large, large uh, uh, people watching live right now. We, we thank you for that. And so we give shout outs around the country. We have people from uh, California to Florida, from Texas to uh, up in Omaha, Nebraska, and all around the country. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, God bless you. And we hope that uh, not only the worship uh, inspires you, we hope the word is uh, fit and due for a season such as this. I want to give you just a thought before we move into our, our text today. I was praying this week, and I've heard different people say different things, and I agree with uh, what a couple have said. I think the church is going to grow through this, and I think it's going to grow because of the way Christ's followers are handling it. Because one, you're being compliant to what the government says. You're being responsible in your social distancing and some of the things that you're doing there. You're washing your hands. You're not, you know, hugging or high-fiving a lot of air salutes. You're staying within family members and all that. But I also know that in times like these, sometimes things grow. Uh, in fact, 9-11, almost 20 years ago, the church grew uh, for about three or four weeks, and then it shrunk and actually became smaller than it was before 9-11. Sometimes things grow in fear, okay, but fear is not sustainable. That's not a sustainable product. And so the Bible says, a faithful man shall abound in blessings, okay, but he that longs to get rich quickly, he shall be cursed or punished. So what we need to do is make sure that we're not doing panic buying. We need to make sure that we're not hoarding things that maybe other people do. We need to make sure we're praying for medical personnel, doctors and nurses and technicians in the hospitals and people that have to be on the streets, maybe our truck drivers, our service personnel. We need to pray for uh, people in the service industry who aren't working, maybe in the restaurant fields or coffee shops, things of that nature. We need to make sure of those things.
those things. Now, here's what I feel like. I think the church is going to grow because it grows by faith, okay? And the scripture says in, I believe, Acts, the 17th chapter, maybe around the 5th or 6th verse or 16th chapter, 5th verse, and the church increased daily according to their faith. And so if we allow faith to move, now I don't believe that you should go and pray arrogantly or ignorantly to different people about different things, but if you pray in faith and the boldness of the faith that you have, I believe God's going to hear you, and I think the church is going to grow. It's going to be an amazing time together that we can spend together in venues like this, and we can't wait till the people come back inside the church building, and we can high-five you. We're not sure when that's going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be Easter. It may not be Mother's Day, and we had great plans, planned for different things, but uh, we're glad that you have tuned in today. We're glad that you've worshiped with us. We're going to give you a message, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we know that God has in charge. Thursday, I think around 10, we'll do a live devotional. We're going to include, I think this week, maybe some of our team members or maybe all of our team, and just talk about fear and how maybe it just obstructs us in life and some of the ways they're dealing with the overcoming fear in their lives as well. I follow a guy, a professor that I take some online classes with. He's an author named N.T. Wright. He was saying last week when he was in service at his church, the city church, I believe it's in London, uh, he said that the the minister said this, and now think about this for a second because there becomes a testimony then afterwards. He said that that particular church has been around so long, it lived through the death plague in 1387. It lived through the bubonic plague in the 1650s. It lived through uh, polio in the, in the 1940s, and it will, too, live through this as well. Their church has history. In fact, miracles take place even in, in Hickory. 75 years ago was the miracle of Hickory, in which case the, the polio came through, and uh, they set up a hospital just, just west of the church, about a half a mile, uh, in 54 hours. Over nine months, served 633 patients, only 12 deaths, a 97% success rate. It was an amazing deal. And so we want you to know that you are in a good place today. You're safe. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Social distance. uh, Follow the rules and uh, know that God is on your side. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise God. So uh, I think that's everything that I had from a public service announcement. And now we're going to get into the word. And oh, by the way, here's what maybe you could do. I don't know if you can do it if you're watching on your on computer or on your phone, but at some point in time, while well, we go through this weekly, maybe take pictures of who's watching in your house. You know, if it's just one of you and your cat or dog, if it's two of you, if it's, you know, eight of you, take a picture, maybe post it on Instagram or Facebook, social media. We'd love to see and get connected with one another again through uh, some pictures as well. So in John's Gospel, the 18th chapter, starting with verse 33, I want to talk today sometimes about our purposes. The Bible says, so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did uh, others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? 
Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for life and that in abundance because you come to bring life. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be clear, that we can hear your word today. And as we hear the word of God today, Lord, that we can act upon it. Lord, that we not walk by faith fear, but we walk by faith, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in their home said amen. Praise God. God bless you again today. Thank you for reading the Word of God with us. And so uh, here, here we are in, in a church in 2020, and, and there's a virus that is going through the, the globe, and it's happened before. Uh, there's, there's reason to be concerned, but there's not reason to worry. There's reason to be hesitant, but there's not reason to walk in fear. And so I like the words here. Jesus says it was for this purpose. In some translations, it says for this cause. What, what is the cause for Christ? What is the cause for Jesus? What is the reason that he came? The author, Charles Dickens, says the best way to lengthen out our days is to walk steadily and with a purpose. Jesus obviously had a purpose on this earth for the things that he did. And because he had a purpose, I want to talk to you today about what his purpose was. And if we can understand Christ's purposes, I think it will bring some relief for us in the fact that we can walk by faith and not walk by fear. The scripture says in John 1 and 14, in fact, I'll read it because it's a powerful scripture. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father. And here's the key part, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And he tells Pilate, it was for this reason, it was for this purpose that I come. So what's the reason? The first, the first purpose is to justify man of his sin. That was the very first purpose that Jesus came for. So his death on the cross means that we have this uh, this power of attorney, this, uh, this atonement for us, and it's also a healer for us. And we talked about that recently in our, in our messages, but the healing of sin is a process quite possibly, the atonement of sin, the advocate of the Father, he does away with it when we, when we call on Christ the Lord. After this service today, or at the end of my message, we're going to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. In fact, if you're watching online uh, through the live stream, I think there's a button you'll be able to hit and say, hey, today I received Christ, or today I renewed my commitment with Christ. It's important to know that Jesus is both healer and attorney or physician. So he takes care of our sin, and he took care of our sin at the cross. He justified the Father laid groundwork in Scripture way back in Genesis, the third chapter, when Adam and Eve sinned, 
that there needs to be a justification now of our sin. And that justifier had to be a perfect lamb. That perfect lamb is Christ the Lord. When we recognize Christ as Lord and Savior, we're saved. Now, that's not an end all. That's a start too. And as we start to walk this work as a Christ follower, we start to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, tells us that. Cast all your cares upon him. Peter had to do that. Peter walked in denial. He denied Christ. The rooster crowed three, uh, three times or after the third denial, depending on which gospel you read, then the rooster crowed. And he looked. Jesus looked Peter right in the face, right in the eye. It was a, a, a tumultuous time for Peter. And maybe you're going through that today, but you have to know, church, that Jesus is with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you, okay? And so if we cast our cares upon him, this is the work that was nailed at the cross. In fact, Paul tells us all of our sins was nailed at the cross at Calvary when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we walk. And again, it's not just a prayer that we pray. It's a lifestyle that we live. We confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is, is, is rose, risen from the, the grave, and that same spirit that rose Christ from the grave, he lives in with us. That gives us a certain amount of peace. And we sang it in the song today, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, uh, these powerful uh, vision statements that we know that if we're going through a time of uncertainty, and maybe the virus has hit your home or hit your family, maybe you're living or, or living in a, a city where the virus has hit your area uh, extremely. Pray a hedge of protection around you. Pray a, a shield of favor over you. Know that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He is the perfect sacrifice. So the first purpose that Jesus came was to justify man of his sin. The second purpose is to show man God's character. God has a character that he lived through Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve were given choice, and we don't know at what point in time in the garden that they fell, but at one point in time they ate from the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That being done, then sin entered into the world. And because sin entered into the world, we needed an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. And then we needed to be instilled on what a perfect person looks like, okay? And so Christ is the perfect person. And when Christ walked on the earth, he walked as all man and he walked as all God. And by walking as all God, we understood that we then recreate or see the image of God. So in Genesis, the first chapter, verses 26, 27, and 28, God said, let us make man in our image. And in our image, he made, he made man, okay? And so you may see it on there. I'm going to read it. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and now over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then verse 28, let's go to verse 28. So God created man and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that lives on the earth. So we've been given this power. Jesus came to recreate that power. Now, we have dominion, and some people would say, I believe maybe mistakenly so. We're Christ followers. We have dominion over everything we do. But the dominion is for us to act like God, not be gods, but to act like God. How? In his love, in his care, 
in his mercy to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, to replenish, to create. So I believe at this time we've been given all we, at all times a creative spirit, but we've also been given a, a spirit to create. And so in our auditorium, you can't see them, we have the, the 10 rule, and, but we have people on their computers. They might be chatting with you right now. We have people uh, looking over their, 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 their Facebook account so that we can, we can watch. We have people live streaming. I'm looking at two or three different cameras. I mean, it's an amazing thing of, of creativity that can be unleashed in the world today so that we can continue to do church in a special way so that you can feel connected and we can, can feel connected to you. So the, the, the Godhead, Jesus answers, so sometimes we want God to conform to our image of him. And so we place God in a box. We, place a, a, we make God um, a fearful God. We make God a God of judgment. We make a God a God of ruler. And although he is all those things, number one thing God is, he's this God of love. And so in this time, we need to make sure that we're serving a God of love, a God who cares for us. In fact, Jesus said when the, when the gentleman came up and said he was, he was an attorney, in fact, and he tried to catch Jesus in a loophole, I, I follow those things. Well, Jesus says about your, your neighbor and your brother, and then, and then the man says, what, what are the great commands? And Jesus says, wait a second, I'll leave you just a couple commands. One is that you love God with everything in you. Why? Because God is love. Two, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And that's when he goes on to say, well, who's my neighbor? And you know the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. We won't go into that. But you need to know today that when we look through things, uh, social media, the nightly news, the coronavirus, the grocery stores, the different things, we, we need, maybe what you need isn't on the shelf. We still need to operate in love. Tensions are high, not only in America, not only in your parts of the country, but around the world. And the, church, the ch people who maybe don't go to church, they're looking at the church for answers. Here's the number one answer, Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? That's not a cliche and that's not a cop-out. Jesus Christ is Lord. But Jesus said, that we need to love one another. If we can love one another, we do what the number two point says. We start to show God's character. How can we love through that? How can we love through a sickness? How can we love through an illness? How can we love when somebody's having a, a bad day or a hard time or a rough go of it? Our youngest, or not our youngest, our second grandson, his birthday is actually today. Happy birthday, Jonah. And, uh, and you know, it's a, it's a sad time to have a birthday. You know, he had a big birthday party plan with a lot of school friends. Well, school was closed, and you have to have your social distances. So uh, our, our family was able to get around him yesterday, and we're, we were having Nerf gun wars, and we were playing on the trampoline, and we were, we were having a, a great time and staying socially safe. And, uh, but he needed to feel that love because he's gone through things this year that are out of the norm, okay, and, and, they're, and they're unusual things and things that maybe he didn't sign up for, but he's going through them. And, and so he was able to feel a family's love. So hear me. The world needs to feel the church's love through this, and this is why we call ourselves grace. We need to have grace with people who are maybe going through things, people that are in the medical field and working 16 or 18 hours a day, people in the grocery business who, who can't stock enough toilet paper. Where's the toilet paper? <laughs> 
it's on a truck somewhere coming, and if you're not there at the exact time it needs to get there, it's going to be gone. They don't even put it on the shelves anymore. They just put a pallet in the outside the doors, and you come and get it, and, and hopefully you'll pay for it. Amen? So you need to know that, the, the, listen, the world's not going to end. People have gone through plagues. People have gone through things. We're going to stand strong. We're going, to, we're going to walk in faith. We're going to love each other. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray a hedge of protection around each other. We're going to walk through this thing together. And because we do it by faith, the church is going to grow stronger because of it. The church will probably multiply because of it. Because when we do things out of fear, yes, they'll spike for a while. People uh, have been accused of selling uh, stocks because they knew the market was going to crash. Listen, if I'm if I'm... If, if I'm the smart one, go ahead and buy some right now. Watch that thing come back in, in two or three years, and you'll, you'll have more money. Do not do things out of fear because perfect love casts out all fear, and Jesus Christ is perfect love. Amen? So number one, justify man of his sin. Two, to show man God's character. Number three, to fulfill God's promises to Abraham. So in Genesis the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 4, God gives promises. I'm going to read them to you really quickly. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. That's one. I will bless you. Two, I will bless you, make your name great. Three, and so that you will be a blessing. Four, I will bless those who bless you. All right, five, and him who dishonors you, I will dishonor you, or I will curse. Six, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Seven. So we see seven blessings here. Now, we know the ultimate blessing to Abraham was to create a nation called Israel that the Savior could come out of. And when the Savior came out of that, he then in turn leaves us some blessings. And we don't have them up there, but if you have a pen or paper, you need to write these down because these will help you through these trying times, okay? So to fulfill Abraham's promises, Jesus leaves us some authority. Now, I'm going to give you five things that the devil falls back on, okay? Five fallbacks that Satan, strategies that Satan uses, and you see if maybe sometimes we fall to these things. The first one is fear. You can write that down. These are Satan's strategies. They're not Jesus. We'll go into Jesus' strategies in a moment. Second one is deception. So first is fear. Second is deception. Third one is accusations. He's the accuser of the brethren, okay? So we operate in fear. We operate in accusations. We operate in accusations and deceptions. Number four is temptations. All right, he tempts us to do things in the in the in all times, but especially in times of trial. And number five is physical attack. Okay, there are, there would be some who would disagree with this that Satan can't attack you physically if you're God's. There would be some that would agree because of the fall. There are some physical attacks that come out there. So hear me on this. These are five fallbacks, or these are five guidelines that Satan may use. And don't you know, in the world today, there's a there's some fear. There's obviously some deception that takes place. There's, acu there's accusations. Who caused it? Who brought it on? If they would have stayed home, if those things. And then there's obviously temptations and physical attack. But let me give you then some things that God gives us through Jesus Christ, almost like blessings that are an extension of what he gave Abraham. And, and the first one I want to tell you is a, is a co-joiner. And so... Satan has been given a certain amount of power 
okay, in, in life, but he's not been given any authority anymore. Where at one time, he did have authority to pass before God, and God gave him the authority to go ahead and attack Job. Because of the blood work on the cross that's taken place, I believe, and our church stands on this fact, that we don't believe that Satan can go in front of God anymore. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. So whereas Satan does have some power, write this down, he has no authority, okay? Are you with me? So the reason that I say this, because then there there's four or five authority issues that we have. And these are what you might want to write down because as we walk through this virus or you walk through other trials in your life, you can pull this out and say, wait a second, I have authority over that. Number one, we have authority to pray or ask in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you pray according to that will that is in heaven, it will be done on earth. How many knows it's God's will that you be healed? It's God's will that a person be saved. It's God's will that we pray for uh, grace. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for wholeness. We pray for happiness. So you have the authority to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what we do. We pray to God, but we pray in Jesus' name. So you understand, we are praying actually to the Father, but Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father as a mediator, as a go-between for us. So we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the coronavirus would take a right turn and go into the ocean or dissipate and go up into the heavens or go back to the pits of hell where all evil and sickness comes from in Jesus' name. You have that authority to pray. Number two, you have the authority to to plead, to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your home and over your circumstances. This takes us all the way back to Exodus, where they, where they took a lamb, they killed the lamb, and they spread the blood over their doorpost, okay? And so some will say, well, that's old school. We don't play that. Now listen, that's good school. Good school is you plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your situation. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your door. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your home. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your loved ones. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your business, over your job, over your community. Start pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, sometimes we look at the word plead and we think it's fear. That's not fear. That's authority that God has given you. God's given you the authority to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your your situation. And when you do that, God understands. He hears because blood, the blood work of Jesus is the work that the master's done. It's the work that the master has originated. Number three, you have the authority of God's word to bind and to loosen. He gave that to Peter, but by extension, he gives it to all disciples, all apostles. We're all disciples of Christ, okay? And so those of us who are Christ followers. So you've been given the authority to bind and loosen. We say this a lot around here, but maybe you're watching for the first time. If you bind something, you need to loosen the, the opposite. So if I, say, for instance, if I bind a depression, I need to loosen joy. If I bind fear, I need to loosen faith, okay? If if I, if I bind a sickness, I need to loosen health. If I bind poverty, I need to loosen a blessing or favor. So if you're binding something, then in turn you need to loosen it. We've been given that authority. If you bind sickness, like right now, if you if you're maybe your family's walking through an issue with, with a virus, bind that sickness. Now loosen health over that person in the name of Jesus. I had battled a cold for actually a couple of weeks, and I know my wife was praying for me and many of our family members, and it wasn't a virus, no fever. It was just maybe a little bit of uh, allergies, possibly. It 
maybe a cough, and, and I feel fine and great today. And I know it was just from uh, my wife and myself and loved ones binding that cough in the name of Jesus and loosening, uh, loosening that, uh, that health in Jesus' name. So you have that authority. Number four, you have the authority to forgive and be forgiven. This is an authority that we've given. Jesus expressed it after he tells us the Lord's Prayer, that you, we then need to forgive so that we can be forgiven. Jesus also tells the apostles that whom you, sins you remit, they are remitted. So you don't have the power to absolve sin, but you have the authority to say, listen, if we pray this prayer in Jesus' name, the Father is going to forgive your sins. Now let's start to walk and be disciples of Christ, but you have the power to forgive. You have to forgive sometimes ourselves. We have to sometimes forgive others. Sometimes we even have to forgive God. God, why did you let this happen? No, some of it's the fall. Some of it's our own choices. Some of it's other things. And God will test your mettle through this time, but you have the power and the authority. And then last but not least, you have the authority to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. It starts with a new mind. It starts with a new heart. It starts with a new being. But you have that authority to be a new creature. If you take the authority to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, and then I want you to, in just a moment, I want you to email us. I want you to, to mark the icon on the screen that's going to pop up in front of you. I want you to, to call the church or to mail the church. We want to send you a Bible or some literature, some information. We want to make sure that we further this discipleship. We want you to join a small group. And we're going to be using social media for our small groups, as Marcus had mentioned, Zoom or Skype or some of the other things so that we, we can connect. And so as the worship team comes back, I want to I wanna go over those five really briefly again, and then I want to uh, ask you if you're in a place that you need to commit your life to the Lord or recommit your life to the Lord. Again, not out of fear, but out of faith. The ch- this church will grow. The church in America will grow. The church around the world is going to grow, but it's not, it will not grow because someone is afraid of hell or afraid of dying. It will grow because people place their faith, their hope, their trust, their belief, their confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the authority to pray. You have the authority to plead the blood. You have the authority to bind and loosen. You have the authority to forgive and be forgiven. And you have the authority to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. So if you're here today... I want to pray a prayer with you. And if you pray this prayer and your, your means of social media has the opportunity for you to either click on the icon, click on the button, hey, I prayed that prayer, or you want to email Marcus at gracechurch.tv or gracechurch.tv, I want to pray with you. I want you to know that this is, this is serious here, that uh, life is transformative. And we, become, we can become new creatures in Christ Jesus just like that. And so if you're here today and you want to pray that prayer, please pray it after me. And then click on the, the button or the icon, email us, get in touch with us, text somebody, call somebody, and let them know by the profession of your faith you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for coming and dying for me, for taking the cross of my sins, and bearing them on your back. I receive you now, Lord Jesus, as my Savior, as my King, as my Lord. Today, in Christ, I'm a new creature. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
We're going to give you an applause. We're going to give you a hand clap. We're going to we're going to thank you for saying that prayer. We're going to we're going to honor you. We're going to we're going to get in touch with you. We're going to start small groups and we're going to grow. And I want you to listen to this song. Pray, uh, uh, worship during this song. Uh, pray together as families after the song. And Janie will close the prayer. Thanks for so much for tuning in today. God bless you. We love you. joining in and, and being with us this morning. We miss you so much, but we know we can be together in the spirit and, and uh, pass on that great word. And if you did take a picture or a video of how you're doing online church, if you would send that to us, we'd, we'd like to put maybe together a little clip or a video. It's just a new way for a short season, but, but we're still going forward. And, and so if you could send us some of those pictures, we would so love it. So we love you all so much, and we miss you, but let me just pray for you. Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for Grace Church and for every, every other person that would be watching online. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just do what Pastor asked us to do, build a hedge of protection, a shield of favor. Just give them peace over every storm, over every circumstance they're going through. 
And Lord, let us just take this time to draw closer to you and fall more in love with you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We know you are healing all the people of the sickness by the stripes on Jesus' back. We bless you today and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. Can't wait to see you soon. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.